Hello, we're here today with our uh, fourth off-topic topic podcast. We're here with the same const- uh, contestants, or talkers, and for our, so our first topic is, how do you think Alabama will do without Tua for the rest of the season? Uh, I don't think they're going to the playoff. It's simple as that. That's all I have to say. Um, I don't know. You know Bama's probably got another five-star recruit just sitting in the bag, but... I mean, the same thing happened last year. I mean, or not last year, but when they took, when they pulled Hertz, and that's when Tua came to shine. You never know. They might have some dude that just comes out and tears it up. Well, actually, they have a walk-on quarterback. Uh, I don't remember his name, but he's, I think he's like, he's not bad, but definitely not making the playoff. And uh, I really don't even think that, like, I think they're going to lose one more game. And they'll probably, uh, They'll probably, you know, they'll probably win a bowl game, probably playing like eight or like the eight or nine uh, seed. But we'll have, we'll have to We're wait and see. Sure. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think it just depends on how they play. I think they can definitely have a chance to make the playoffs. What are they sitting at? Five right now? Six? Five, five. So they're at five. So basically, all they gotta all they gotta do is win out and hope Georgia loses in the SEC championship, which I think is almost a given because LSU will probably meet them and that's going to be a win for them so then all you got to do all you got to do from then on is just win and uh hope georgia hope georgia loses and you still have a great team with a great defense and you still have two good running backs so it's not like the pass game is going to suffer that much and you have wide receivers that are five stars just get the ball to your athletes and let them make plays that quarterback doesn't need to be joe montana he just needs to make plays for his wide receivers uh, oh, wait, who's going to win Heisman so yeah, far? No. Uh, Joe Burrow, easily, there's no question. Number one team in the nation. If it's not Joe Burrow, I'd say Justin Fields, but I still think it's Joe Burrow just because LSU had that crazy win over Alabama away. I think I think LSU is also going to take the whole thing this year, so that had a really good point to his case for being the Heisman winner, but I think it's, it's got to be Joe Burrow. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched too many like specific players, but i got to go with him too. It's, it's hands down. He's winning it. He's going to make a pose at the end of the season with a trophy in his hand. Uh, I just want to make an apology for the last thing I said. Uh, their quarterback is not a walk-on. He's actually a three-star, uh, ranked 400th in the country. Yeah, and I don't think that that, uh, that quarterback can lead them to the playoff for sure. But uh, anyways, I think Joe Burrow, I agree with those three, or those two. Um, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, shut your dumbass up, Ephraim. Okay, Joe Burrow, I think it definitely has it on lock. He's just been so good this year. You know, his story is pretty interesting, too, coming from Ohio State. I just think that he uh, – really interesting story, really good, like, Heisman candidate and a good kid, so I think he'll definitely get the win. Joe Burrow is kind of hands down. It's a given. I don't really want to agree with Zach because Zach's, Zach's dumb, as dumb as hell. He's dumber than a box of rocks. But uh, anyway, Joe Burrow. Uh, Monday night. Monday night, uh, Miles Garrett sacked Mason Rudolph and pulled off his helmet and struck Mason Rudolph in the head. And uh, Marcus Pouncey started kicking Miles Garrett in the head. Uh, do you think the suspensions were correct or or should more things happen? Miles Garrett, according to Miles Garrett, there's a... Uh, the racial slur. There's racial slur. With the hard R at the end. Two miles also, I would okay. say uh, Mason Rudolph was instigator. He started pulling off Miles Garrett's helmet before Miles Garrett anything else. So I just like to say that. So I'm obviously not taking Garrett's side. He obviously should be penalized for taking off his helmet and literally 
yeah, he could have literally killed him straight up if he hit him hard. He literally could have killed him. Like, so I obviously should be penalized, but we don't know the whole story. We don't know what happened, so it's it's hard to say. You know, I I don't. There's no way you're gonna hit somebody in the fucking head with the helmet and not get suspended. But my boy Garrett's Miles is a dog. Miles Garrett's a dog for that dude. Like he is a dog. Nobody is gonna mess with him from now on. He is a badass. Uh, you know, free my guy Marquise Pouncey. Just stand up for his teammate. Stand up for his. My guy started kicking the Miles Garrett in the head. His quarter, his quarterback, the dude that he is, he, his main, his main goal is to protect the quarterback. And when his quarterback gets hit in the head with something that could legitimately kill you and bash in your skull, and he starts trying to defend him, I, I support that. But you know what? I feel like the dude that shoved Garrett or not Garrett, but uh, the shoved Rudolph at the end of the play deserved a longer suspension because that was just that was just weak shit. Like, you know, I mean, he was just standing there doing nothing, and like you shove him down, like, oh, you're really cool. Like, I get you're trying to go help your guy, Miles Garrett, but. What does shoving the quarterback down do for that? So I think he deserved like a three three game suspension, and uh, Pouncey deserved a one game suspension. But I think they got Garrett right with uh, the season long suspension because that's really dangerous. And had it gone like had he hit him with like a different part of the helmet, you know, it, shit. Um, so two things. I'm coming with a different perspective. I don't think that is right. I definitely agree with Zach. I don't think Pouncey should have got suspended for as long oh, as a as an offensive oh, as an offensive lineman. Your job is to protect your quarterback at any means necessary, so he did that job. But uh, if what Miles Garrett's saying is true, don't get me wrong. You shouldn't hit anyone with the helmet because if you hit him with the crown of the helmet, there's a high chance that he could have died. But uh, if you say a racial slur to a dude in the middle of a game when everyone's adrenaline's run high and everyone's at the highest point of of uh, athleticism and all that you're you're not gonna get the best outcome you're not gonna get a dude who's like sane and who's thinking in his right mind like you call someone the n-word and you're probably gonna get hit as so i'm not surprised that gary did it and i can see why do i agree with it no but do i think that do i think that mason rudolph if what garrett's saying is true do i think mason rudolph should get suspended for that absolutely i mean you've seen richie incognito who did the same thing get suspended why why didn't why didn't why didn't miles garrett say this right when it happened why did it come out a week later uh it could be damage control that's why i said if miles garrett is telling telling the truth uh is there it's a there's a high chance he's not just because it would look better if he said that the dude said a racial slur but if he is then mason rudolph deserves to be suspended too i feel like here's a little bit of a double standard so, okay, Antonio right, Brown, Antonio Brown, I don't know if you guys remember this because it was pretty not covered in the media, but Antonio Brown called Mike Mayock a cracker, and there was, uh, there was, n- and it was, uh, you know, documented, like, live with audio, and, uh, you know, there wasn't really much backlash from it, but then, you know, when there's an alleged, alleged, alleged... Yeah, we're done with that question. Thank you, Zach, for your... Okay, um, earlier, earlier um, this week or last week... Carmelo Anthony got traded to or signed to the Trailblazers. How do you think he'll fit in with that team? Uh, my boy finally got signed. Like he finally getting playing time. Everybody's saying that's what I'm saying. Like he only it's his first game back. He's rusty. Obviously he played like he had five turnovers. Right. He was like four for fourteen shooting. You know the standard Melo. But when he gets when he gets back to you know uh, he's not rusty anymore. I think it'll be a good addition for the Blazers who are like like five and eight this year. Five and nine. They're not playing great. So I think I think could have used him on his team that's that's about it yeah dude you can't take away what Melo's done in the past you know you know he's a hooper but any any player takes that much time off and isn't playing in the league 
they're going to have struggles when they come back right away. He's not going to come back and give them 30. He's going to come back and go through his learning curves and just like everybody does their rookie year, but it's not going to take him as long as it's going to take a rookie to get back in the groove, and people will be surprised soon. I got one word, six letters, W-A-S-H-E-D. Mello is washed. He has not been good. Yes, W A S. Yes, Ephraim. <laughs> there is an H in there, Ephraim. Well, this man just said that Wash is so the H, but no. My guy Mello has not been good for years, bro. When he was with the Thunder, he was just just not good. Like he he was okay with the Rockets for like a couple of games. Like he was he had a good shoot percentage, but you know I just feel like I just feel like Mello needs to move on, bro. There's so much more after basketball that he could pursue, but you know if he really wants to do that, and you know I wish the best for him. I hope he proves me wrong, but you know I just think that there's just like not enough potential there, or at least not like enough to get excited about yet. I'll have to keep watching, but I just think I think he's washed personally. I think that he needs to move on. So much more brand deals out there that he could get. You know, being a famous basketball player, so you know I think he needs to move on. I think Melo will do fine. I think he just has to find his rhythm. Um, his role is going to change from the superstar Melo that we all know and love that was putting up 25, 26 a game. He's going to have to start sitting in the corner and being like a three, three-point shooter. Or he's going to have to start going down to the low block to uh, to start to play bully ball in a league that's not very uh, that's not very big, that plays a lot of small ball. His role is going to change from a star to a bench player but i think he'll be fine he just has to figure out his rhythm um so this might be one of the more heated uh topics uh what's the hardest sport like physically or mentally what are we like overall the hardest hardest sport sport. you know i'm gonna have to go with football on this just because it's a probably the most contact sport you can get you know not other sports like you you tackle anybody in another sport it's like like soccer, if you literally strap tackle somebody, you're getting ejected. Basketball, flagrant easily. If you just strap tackle somebody, football, it's part of the play every time. And it's probably, I don't play football myself, but I imagine it's probably the most, you know, physically damaging. You're probably so sore, you know, after the few days after a game, so I have to go to football on that overall. I'm not going to leave it to two sports, and neither of these sports that I play, water polo or tennis. Tennis is just so, like, hitting that ball, playing tennis at, like, lunch and stuff and P.E., hitting that ball inbounds, and they're hitting that ball hundreds of miles an hour coming at you, and then you got to sprint back and forth. You can't, you're not sprinting dead. It's all lateral. That's a different kind of movement there. I mean, people can run fast straight, but you got to move side to side, and then water polo, come on, tread in water. Everybody knows water, water workouts. Water, 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 water workouts water, are the water. toughest kind of workout you're going to get. So that and being competitive, it's got to be tough. You know, I got, I got three. It's a three-way tie for me. I got... I agree with water polo. I could just never imagine treading water for that long. Yeah, uh, number two, I got uh, hockey. I think hockey is just a ridiculously hard sport. It's such a little tiny puck. You got to skate, not fall while you're getting hit. You know, I feel like I think hockey and football are probably tied for physicalness, just because you know they allow fights in uh, in hockey, and you know the hits are so hard. So you know, I just know it's it's tough. It's a tough save. But then I, I got baseball, baseball number one, just because you know the ball's coming in at like ninety miles an hour. Baseball, you know, they can. They can this isn't fi- this is hardest. This isn't physical like. Think about, think about football this way: you get hit, but it's no, no, no. Listen, you said draining, right? You you don't get drained from getting hit. Fit like you get worn down, yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's wearing down. I, physically drained is like getting tired, bro. You okay? Football plays are what? Baseball, you said the same. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But you know, occasionally go up and strike down. You can't say baseball. No, no, yeah, it, it absolutely is. 100 miles an hour, the ball can curve. Ten- tennis balls are coming 30 miles, yeah, 40, 40 miles an hour faster. Yeah, tennis balls, tennis balls, you can't change the path of a tennis ball. Once you hit it, it's going to go straight. A cur- like a curveball in baseball going 90 miles an hour, starting at about your chest and dropping down to your balls. I'd like to see any of you guys try that. But yeah, not only that, not only that, even if you do hit it, you know, there's still eight other guys out there to stop you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I just feel like... I'll say baseball is the hardest hand-eye coordination game. Yeah. Like physically, physically, is it even top ten? No. 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 But hand-eye coordination... Coach Fergs is your coach. Yeah, then it's a little different. Okay, Coach Fergs is a different dude right there. That dude's different. But anyway, uh, is it physically top ten? Probably not. But if you're talking about physicality, it's probably like wrestling, boxing, football, hockey, like contact sports where you're getting hit every play. Like think of what a boxer has to do. They got to cut weight. They got to be ready to take, what, over 200 punches in the ring if it's a 12-round match. Or a wrestler who has to drop what near twenty pounds and wrestle with sweaty men. Yeah, I mean, put their nuts on those on the people's face. I mean, football players do that all the time. They literally pick people up and slam. Yeah, but they're wearing pads, not underwear. Singlet is definitely not underwear. You got some coverage. Okay, like I was saying about football. Football is is certainly a very physical contact sport, but if you think about it, plays are what fifteen seconds max. You have, you have a lot of time for recovery. 15 seconds max, and you have 20 seconds in between each play. Some plays, some plays, if, especially if you're like a wide receiver who's taking hits, you get plays off. You get plays off where it's like a run play. You just kind of stand out there and do your little thing. You know, you don't really. Have you ever tried to block an aggressive corner? Yeah. Corners are some of the most physical say, players yeah, on the field. The middle, if it's a run up the middle, you know, you're not, I mean, you're going to block them, but like it, it's kind of a playoff for you. You're not running a route, you're not going out and getting hit. You know what I'm saying? Just saying a lot of good safeties and good corners. They can their first read is receivers, and they can tell if you're not going to run off the ball 100. percent They know it's a run, yeah. so their Let's safeties don't have to commit. Ready? Let's go to the next. Okay, uh, best fast food burger. Best fast food burger. No, maybe best fast food. No, it's like it's like item on the menu. This is burger. Just burger. I got with the classic Whopper. The Whopper from yeah. Whopper, yeah. Whopper. Whopper. Mm. Bro, I'm either, either go with the double bacon cheeseburger from Zips or I'm going to have to hit you with the Baconator from Wendy's. That one hits. Baconator the Baconator hits. You know, I've been stuck on that one for a while. I can't believe you said the Whopper, bro. It's got to be any burger from uh, from Five Guys. Yes. I-, I can't really you get... Cheeseburger from Five Guys. Double, double, <laughs> double cheeseburger from Five Guys. They're all the same with just different toppings on it. But, you know, I can't really say in and out because I only had it like a select few times because they don't have any where we live. So, you know, in and out probably the closest thing to Five Guys or no, uh, to in and out like Five Guys is closest to in and out like quality like in the Northwest. So, you know, I got to go with Five Guys because they, I mean, just walking in the restaurant, you just see all like the awards and like the, the critic reviews about it. They're, it's just, it's everything's positive for their burgers. So, I got a tie for first. I either got the Five Guys Double Bacon Cheeseburger. Uh, that's probably the best burger I've had. Or the Carl's Jr. Uh, Carl's Jr. Cowboy or Southern Cowboy Burger. It had, that's Wait, you a burger connoisseur? <laughs> <laughs> you just talked about burgers, too. Yeah. Everyone in here talked about burgers. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. 
<laughs> All right. You built my Okay. Who do you think is Prep's uh, like rival, and what schools do you, or what school do you think hates Prep the most? I think it's got to be Ferris, because there's actually a large population of prep kids that live on the South Hill, and Ferris is actually more of a South Hill, you know, school. So I feel like a lot of people know each other from prep and Ferris. LC, I think it's it's, it's either LC or Ferris, but I gotta go with Ferris just because regionally, that's that's what I mean. I'd say Ferris is one of the rivals, but if you want to say who hates prep the most, I'm coming from Mead. I transferred from Mead. Mead hates prep. The football game all week, they wear shirts. They have their own shirts and sweatshirts designed that says hashtag Beat Prep. Mead hates prep more than they hate Mount Spokane, and Mount Spokane's their big rival. I don't know. I feel like I feel like LC hates prep the most, just because you know, like it's so close, and you know, you always like they always have a pretty good turnout at prep events, like against LC, and they always have pretty good chances stuff. Like last year, we had Anton. They were they were heavy on the overrated chant, and you know, I think our biggest rival. I don't know. I feel like. Definitely either Ferris or Mead, or yeah, definitely Ferris or Mead because those are like the two other 4A schools. Like Mount Spokane is only 3A. I think CV is like up there just because CV's always been pretty good at sports and we're always like competing with them. But I feel like Ferris is definitely number one, you know what I'm saying? So when it comes from shut up, Anna, goddamn, go away. When it comes from a football's perspective, I'd probably say Mead, Mead hates us the most. Uh, just that game that game this year was probably the most trash talk I've ever heard in my life most trash talk I've ever done in my life it was so much hatred and I and that game was really fun or Ferris those two because we got into like a uh, little scuffle at border league this summer that is the most irrelevant (laughs) thing you have ever said okay Marcus who do you think's preps biggest rival and uh, this is a transfer um and who do you think – what school hates prep the most and who's the greatest rival? What school hates prep the most? Ooh, I think it's Ferris. Um, the reason why is because on a lot of stories they said this is personal until they – yeah, they took the loss in. But we're going to fight back next year. Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, also, uh, there was also an altercation recently uh, between some prep, or, uh, prep and uh, Ferris students where – Couple press students got uh got their their shit beat in by a couple of Ferris kids on cocaine. Like twelve Ferris kids. Yeah, jumped jumped. Yeah. One of the three was a girl. Yeah, and one of them was on one of them one of the a couple of the Ferris kids were actually on cocaine. So uh, yeah, you know I'd say definitely Ferris. Um, (laughs) what's the what's the what's the best tasting fruit juice? Best tasting fruit juice. So like apple juice, orange juice. Oh, it gotta be, gotta be apple juice. It has to be apple juice. No, I'm gonna have to stick with the old classic orange juice. Nothing goes better than a nice glass of OJ at any time of the day. I don't care if it's 1 a.m., dude. You're sitting down. I can eat. I can take. A, I can take a glass of orange juice. Orange juice. It's probably the best juice. Tastes best. All that. I bet you like pulp. <laughs> Easily, bro. I understand most of you guys probably haven't had it, but like at certain like at certain hotels and stuff, like orange passion guava juice is like it hits oh, so yeah, different. You sound like such a white girl, yeah, bro. Right. Like you shut the fuck yeah, up. Have you ever had that shit before? Ephraim, you look like a damn milk dud. <laughs> if any juice you drink is named Java, 
Guava, bro. Guava? It's a fruit. It's a fruit. It's a fruit, bro. Guava is a fruit. All right. Um, so last topic of the day, one of our longest um, podcasts. It is best tasting soda. Or pop, whatever you say. Best tasting soda. I, I, I used to be a Sprite fan, but it turns out Sprite, like... Sprite is too fizzy. I gotta go with the classic Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is the best tasting soda. It's gotta be. Well, I'm gonna go with the underrated cream soda. There's nothing better than that little aftertaste you get with the cream soda. Every other those Pepsi, Pepsi and Coke, it's all it's all good and everything. But you take that drink and it's ooh that throat, that little throat tingle. Cream soda is where it's at. I'm not much of a soda drinker, but I'd say either the strawberry or grape Fanta. Those two are pretty good. They just taste good. Fat <laughs> fuck. You say grape? Grape and strawberry oh, Fanta. Grape Fanta is good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Here we go. No, hey, uh, I, you know, my whole life, you know, I have always like two sodas the most. Like I say Dr. Pepper and Root Beer. Those are two of my favorites, bro. Those are Root Beer. I'd say Root Beer, like vanilla Root Beer, though. Like, not like vanilla Root Beer is way better. You like the Cowboys or the Redskins, huh? He was serving in World War II drinking Coca-Cola. He was drinking root beer in World War II. That's how old he's All right. Uh, that's probably the end of our podcast. E from Spat. Uh, probably the end, end of our podcast. And we're going to have to we're gonna have to end it here. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening and goodbye.